Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. Today we are so grateful and lucky to have with us Carrie Marino. Carrie is a yoga therapist, a spiritual life coach, and a yoga teacher. I've definitely attended several of her workshops and yoga classes, and I just love her. And I'm so excited to share her with you today. She is a person who has expertise in body image and self-worth, mental health, uh, regulating your nervous system, spirituality, women's health, and also in gentle, restorative, therapeutic, and vinyasa yoga. I definitely encourage you to check out her website, carriemarino.com, because uh, you can check out some of her courses, you can take private Um, coaching from her and I highly recommend her to you. But today we're going to be talking with Carrie about body image, body positivity, how to befriend and love our body better. On today's episode we're going to talk a little bit about spirituality and Carrie identifies as an Enneagram 2 and so we'll chat with her about that. But thanks for joining us. I think you're really going to love this episode. Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, Carrie. Um, I have followed you for a while. I've attended several several of your workshops when you lived in Chattanooga and taught at Yoga Landing, and I've definitely been to many of your classes. Um, And so I'm definitely a fan. Um, In fact, there's a lot of fans here in the Chattanooga area. Um, But just tell us a little bit about where to find you, about your website and where people can find you, um, because we have listeners from, you know, all over the United States and even in other countries, so we would love them to know where to find you. Yeah, so I have a website. I tried to keep it really simple. It's my name. It's CarrieMarino.com. And then I'm also really active on Instagram. So people can find me at Carrie R. Marino on Instagram. I do a lot of virtual and in-person work. So if anybody's near the Greenville, South Carolina area, I have things here. And I do visit Chattanooga about once a year and offer something as well. Okay. My best friend lives in Clemson. So I'm going to have to tell her you're there so she can go check you out. Absolutely. My dad lives in Clemson. It's a beautiful area. Well, I saw on your website that you're teaching a befriending your body course, and I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit um, about what they can learn if they take this course from you, um, and then why you decided to teach this class. Yeah. So, you know, I've been doing this work for about 14 years, and most of it's been one-on-one, and then in the group space as well. But in that one-on-one arena, I've seen my own journey and others really close up. And I've realized that people as a whole struggle with accepting, showing up in, and appreciating their bodies. And the question isn't really, does someone grapple with negative body image and have trauma stored in their body? It's how much. Mm -hmm. So Whenever those things have accumulated, that negative body image and the trauma, it really impacts the way we feel about ourselves and it can cause harm and hold us back from living our most authentic life. And it just doesn't have to be that way. So this course is basically 
a way to help people clear away those blocks and barriers that keep them from living in their body in, a, in the way that they really want to. And they're also gonna improve their relationship with their body. They're gonna learn practical skills so that they can tap into the power that lives inside of their ever-changing body. So people generally are feeling more empowered, experiencing more pleasure and feeling more confident at the end of the course. I love that. Carrie, thank you. Well, I know you are a yoga therapist, you're a spiritual life coach, and you're also a yoga teacher. So could you tell our listeners how yoga has helped you love and heal your body and how you teach your clients to have a healthier relationship with their body? Because I assume, you know, it's always beautiful to say you, you, you reach what you know, you teach what you know, what you probably worked on yourself before you help somebody else work on. So tell us whatever you feel comfortable about your own journey and then how you help your clients. Yeah. So I came to yoga with a lot of physical and mental health issues. I had chronic pain. I had eating disorders and anxiety, and I had a really poor self-image, like body image as well. So one of the things that yoga helped me with is Basically, I learned how to build a different kind of relationship with my body, a relationship that was built on being present and being curious and tuning inward and just kind of open-mindedly exploring. And because I had a bunch of health issues, I was having to show up in my body like it was making me, but it was all based on these external relationships. I would go to people for information or they would do some sort of manipulation in my body to help me feel better, like going to a chiropractor or seeing a therapist. And those things were great, but they weren't helping me find that different relationship with my body that yoga did. So I teach my clients that their body is a safe place for them to be and how to build their own relationship with their body that honors it as the capable, powerful force for, the, for their well-being that it is. I love that. Um, I wanted to, to share a memory of you teaching at Yoga Landing, and that memory is that you would always talk about being spiritually unapologetic, and I heard that in many of your classes. And that always like resonated with me, that language of spiritually apologetic. Um, I feel like as a therapist, I, I want to integrate spirituality into what I offer my clients because it's such a big part of who we are. Um, but I'm wondering how a spiritual practice informs the body and even our image of our body. Could you talk a little bit about being spiritually unapologetic and how our spirituality impacts our body? and our view of our body. Yeah, so at the heart of the yoga tradition is really this idea of becoming more in tune with your spiritual self and a higher source sort of energy. So when we tend to our spiritual self and when we cultivate that, we move beyond the trappings of our wounded ego identity. So all those ways that we feel we're not good enough or all of those ways that we've defined ourselves like thinking that we are our body or we are our depression, we get to move past that. 
and our spiritual practice helps us to remember that we are really these spiritual beings having a human experience and not the other way around. Our bodies are these vehicles for our soul's purpose. They're here to be of service to us in this totally beautiful, messy human experience, right? So part of what happens when we tend to our spiritual self is that we move beyond the trappings of our wounded ego identity. And basically that's all the ways that we define ourselves. Like my body looks this way, or I am, I am the depression that I experience in relationship to my body and my mind. And so at the core of the yoga teachings is this desire to connect us with our highest self, our spiritual self and something bigger like the divine in the way that we define it, define it. And so as we cultivate that spiritual self, we move past those wounded ego identities and remember that spiritual core. So at the root, we are spiritual beings having a human experience and not the other way around. And it helps us to see our bodies as this vehicle for our soul's purpose so that we can be of service and live more authentically in this beautiful, messy human journey. Yeah. What is the spiritual practice that you have that's an embodied practice? There may be several that come up, but, but that Art, can you name some spiritual practices that are very embodied for you? Yeah. So I think that that's a, a very interesting question. And I think part of that can like we need to take into consideration how someone defines spirituality. So for me, the way that I would define spirituality is that connection to my higher self and that link up, right? The word yoga means to yoke, that yoking to something bigger than me. So if you look at the kosha, the Panchamaya kosha model, there's this one called Ananda Maya kosha. And some people call that the bliss and that is really those moments when you feel this higher connection. And it's not like, it's not because of something I did. It's because I got to a place where everything was out of the way and that's there. So nature for me is one way that I experience that connection mm -hmm. through my body, being out in nature, particularly, I really love creeks with rocks in them like going and putting my hands in the cool water and picking up the rocks and moving them or throwing them or just being really playful. And then my yoga practice is a huge source of that for me as well. Moving and really letting intuitive movement flow through rather than feeling I have to do a certain kind of movement. It's just like, let me get out of the way and let my body have its process. Chanting is another big spiritual practice for me yeah I think that that's important to remember that yoga does mean to yoke or to connect and that part of our spirituality is that connection and connecting sometimes to God or the divine however we name God sometimes connecting to ourselves sometimes connecting to others connecting to our bodies connecting to creation so I like this larger view of spirituality that you talked about but yeah putting your hands in the earth and um, being out there in creation moving and when I've watched some of your videos on Instagram 
which I would encourage everybody to connect with you on Instagram. Um, you have a Shiva Ray kind of quality to you, like just the way that I've, I've always liked how embodied she is as she moves. There's a real comfort with the body, but I imagine that that takes practice, like that that didn't happen overnight, that they're getting comfortable in your body. <laughs> it's a lot, it's lifelong work, but I can see that you've been working on it for a while with the way that you move, um, because I can see that comfort. So I just wanted to share that and tell us again, your Instagram handle, what is it? Yeah, so it's Carrie R. Marino. And you're so right, girl. I was like a, the tin man when I came to yoga. And like, if you told me to dance, I would immediately have a freeze response. So I have really had to put in the work to have that, that more intuitive connection to the movement that my body wants to play with. I love that. You know, Carrie, I really appreciate you saying it because I bet there's some listeners and we're audible feature, of course, uh, listeners listening um, to what you said and thinking like, I could never. I'm glad she could. She probably has some kind of talent. She's a yoga teacher, probably super, you know, dancing and movie. I could never. But you're here to say that it is a learned skill. It's not something that's God-given. You get to be able to move in your body and you don't. You learn it and you can access it and then you can get better at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Well, I'm going to, um, I, I, I'm the, the, the co-host that always goes off-road, but um, you talked about uh, how you love the creeks and the pebbles. So um, my family and I just came back from a two-week vacation out west. So we did Utah, Wyoming, Montana, and we went to uh, Yellowstone, and I've never been. Mm. And everybody talking geysers and buffalo, which was all great. I saw that. What no one told me about, there were so many lakes, and there's a particular lake that I've claimed is called Lake Lewis, and it is just the clearest water, and it's full of pebbles, so it's not a sand, it's not mud, it's pebble bottom, and my daughter and I just, you know, we stopped on the side of the road, and we just busted a move into the lake while our men were having um, lunch, and we just played in the water, in the pebbles, and it was the most joyful feeling that I've had in I don't even know how long, mm. you know, so a lot of times if, you know, I think people don't particularly connect to nature in, I don't know, whatever usual way, like, I don't really love hiking. I don't feel like that does it for me, but stick my feet in the water and throw some pebbles in there and I'm all over it. So I think nature is a connector, regardless, you just got to find your own path. Don't you think like your own little nook to connect in? Yeah, I find that nature is pretty universal in terms of all people appreciate some aspect of it and it elevates their spiritual connection, but it's different for each of us. Like a creek with rocks is heaven to me, but you know, maybe the beach, I like it, but it's not my favorite place on earth versus somebody else. The beach is more of their access point and finding a way for us to explore what that looks like 
I, I feel like is a really good priority for all of us. Like what is our way that we appreciate nature in, in a fashion that brings us joy? Yes. And it's not that playful space inside of us. I agree. That's an excellent advice. Thank you. Well, let me shift gears and uh, talk a little bit Enneagram to you. So I know you took a test. So could you tell us and um, our listeners if you landed on the number or if you had three numbers that you scored the highest in? Yeah, so I was, it was definitely highest in the type two category, the helper. And then I had... Yeah, it was like very clear <laughs> that that was my, my main number. And then I had four that were really close. Like I had 18 or 17 points in. So they were just right there with each other. But the number eight, the challenger and number three, the achiever were the other two like stronger notes. That probably what that means is that you're probably, I don't know for sure, and you would need to do your own sort of research and discernment, but a type two with a three wing, because our wings on either side um, inform us quite a bit, and usually we have a dominant wing, and then the eight is actually one of the arrows for the two, and so what that means is you can go to the high or the low side of the eight. Traditionally, they talk more about going, the two goes to the low side of the eight where they can become challenging. Um, and, and maybe, you know, when they're, especially when they're standing up for somebody else or being protective, they can get a little bit angry. Um, so that that is an arrow for you. And um, so I would imagine that might be what it is. But again, take some time. The Enneagram is a system of getting to know yourself and helping you to understand yourself. So don't feel in a rush to figure out your number. But it, it sounds like if your two was really high, you might be a two, which would not be surprising for a yoga therapist, spiritual life coach, and yoga teacher, because the talking style for the two is help and advice. And it's a very caring, nurturing type, sometimes called the helper, the lover, the giver. And so obviously that, that fits in with who I see you as. So it, it would make a lot of sense for you to be a two, but, um, you know, of course, take some time with that. Did you read a little bit and feel like you landed as a two or are you going to take some more time with maybe um, looking into it? So something about me, I love to learn. Like that is just, that really lights me up inside. So I definitely want to spend more time learning about them all, but I have read a good bit about the two and just listening to some of y'all's podcast episodes, I've learned some about it and it resonates. Mm -hmm. And I, I really appreciated the different, like, you know, this is the struggle points for two. This is what a healthy two looks like. And as I reflect back on past experiences, I can definitely see that some of those struggle points are things that have been very real experiences for me. And I appreciate the language that the Enneagram gives and the perspective that it gives. Mm -hmm. For example, not communicating my own needs, but wanting other people to intuitively meet them without me having to ask. Yeah. <laughs> that was when I was like, yep. That's still yeah. part of my journey. <laughs> so to be able to ask, this is what I need. 
Um, and then also to offer yourself what you need, you know, is really important for us as too. So we're so great at meeting other people's needs. So yeah. start to meet our own and, and listen internally to that inward voice telling us what we need, but then to really communicate to our partner, to our friends, what we need and see if they can do that. Um, yeah. So, well, thank you for that. I love it. Well, it made all the sense in the world for me, especially those three numbers. And, you know, I'm a big fan of twos, so yay for twos. <laughs> Um, okay, so our bodies, um, let's get back to that. They need a lot of love and nurture. Um, and today we want to talk about body image and body positivity, like your course. We want to talk about befriending our body. Um, and so we can attend to our body in a variety of ways, naps, baths, walking, wearing clothes that feel good, saying mantras that affirm the body. But for you, what are some ways that you offer to your students um, of ideas of how they can affirm and care for their body? Yeah, one huge way that I teach people and in my own self-work practice is that our body is different than our minds and our mind has certain types of needs and our body has other types of needs. So for example, what works to help our mind process emotion is not the same thing that helps our body process emotion. And so when we can affirm like my mind needs to feel anger this way, for example, but my body needs to feel anger this way and express it this way. I think that is such a powerful thing to bring in, especially, you know, we're all women identifying people here and anger is one of those emotions that women are largely taught is not okay to feel. The majority of my clients are women. And I can tell you that every single one of them has a healing journey so far around welcoming their anger and learning to work with it. So when we can give our bodies what they need, um, things like movement, safety, physical safety, loving touch are all really helpful for our body to process things. When we stop trying to make our body, like whatever we do for our minds, like talk it out. Usually people think they're supposed to be able to move past the situation when they've dealt with the mental part we've got to stop trying to make our body fit into that and carve out these specific body focused strategies to affirm it and give it what it needs. I think that makes a huge difference in how we feel about our bodies. Could you talk more about that phrase, um, body focused strategies? Yeah. So I mentioned that our bodies need physical safety because Part of what happens when we have an emotionally difficult experience or a traumatic experience or something overwhelming is that it triggers certain reactions in our body, particularly to our nervous system. It will activate our sympathetic nervous system. And in order to clear out those experiences, we need to mobilize that energy that was activated. We need to let it come out of our body, sometimes in strong ways. So for people that have anger, we're often taught to self-regulate in that moment, but, and that's important. We all need to be able to self-regulate in anger and I'm not in any way trying to discount that. But also sometimes people need strong expressions through their body to channel that angry energy out. 
So I mentioned that when I play in creeks, sometimes I like to throw rocks and that's a very real practice for me. I will pick up the heaviest rock that I can pick up safely and I will throw it as far as I can throw it. And it allows my body to channel the strong energy that anger taps into inside of my physical body and let it come out. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think that we don't only breathe to regulate. Um, we don't only talk to regulate our nervous system. Like we don't just talk anger out. We don't just breathe it out. Sometimes we have to move it out. Sometimes, you know, for some people that might be hitting a pillow, you know, just finding constructive ways that aren't going to harm ourselves or somebody else where we can move that anger out of the body. And that can be physically. Yeah. yeah. And that the physical safety part is important too, because if we feel threatened in an environment, mm -hmm. our body is going to store all that stuff inside of it because it's not safe enough to, to process and move beyond it. So for me, a Creek feels like a really safe space depending upon the Creek. So that is a place where I can do that work. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. in session with me that people create that people can create that in their homes but that safety aspect in order to move it through can be really important as well. Just a reminder that this is a three part series with Carrie. So this is just part one and we've got part two and three to go. And in the next two episodes, we'll be looking at how to befriend your body um, based on your Enneagram type. And so what some better ways are that each number can relate to their body. And so Carrie will talk with us about that. We're really excited about the next two episodes. They're great. Can't wait to share them with you. But also stay tuned for our meditation after this word from our sponsor. Our meditation for today is going to be a little different and a little bit silly, but I think that meditation can be playful sometimes. And so find a breath in, find a breath out, bring your arms to a T and reach your fingertips towards opposite walls and then find a breath in, find a breath out. And then give yourself a big hug where hands come to opposite shoulders. Breathe in. Breathe out. And say to yourself, either out loud or in your mind's eye, that my body is worthy of a good hug anytime I need one. And then find a breath in. Find a breath out. Bring your arms back out to a T, and then we're going to bend our elbows where our wrists end up over our elbows, make fist, and then make your muscles of the arms really show. So allow yourself to show off those muscles. Find your inhale. Find your exhale. And say to yourself, my body is strong. And then find an inhale. Find an exhale and bring one hand to your heart space and then the other hand can rest on the hand that is holding your heart. And maybe you say to yourself out loud or just somewhere inside of yourself, I can trust my body. 
And then I want you to find a deep breath in and a big breath out. And then bring your hands in front of you where you can see them. So you can see your palms. You can see the palms of your hands. And look at the lines on the palms of your hands. And just notice them. And take a moment to see and remember that our bodies are unique. And then find a breath in. Find a breath out. And affirm to yourself as you look at your hands that all bodies are different. And then bring your hands to your heart. Find a breath in. Find a breath out. And just take a moment to express gratitude for your body with prayer hands at your heart. Thank your body. Thank your body for the many ways that it shows up for you. Find a breath in. Find a breath out. And then allow your body to start to wiggle and dance and move. And yeah, just dance in this meditation. Moving your arms, maybe moving your legs. Allow the hips to wiggle from side to side. Just move in your body. And then find a breath in. Find a breath out. And be mindful and remind yourself that your body can dance and that it is good to dance in your body and find this freedom in your body. And notice how that feels to find that dance and freedom in the body. And then find a breath in and find a breath out. And then invite your palms to touch your thighs anywhere on the thighs. And as you find stillness with the hands just resting on your thighs, notice that this is a very grounding position. And then breathe in. And breathe out. And just affirm that the body needs stillness and rest. The body needs stillness and rest. And then invite yourself to find a breath in and find a breath out. And then bring your arms back out to a T, just like we started. And maybe invite those fingertips to move towards opposite walls just to find a nice stretch. And then find an inhale. And then find an exhale and find your way back to that hug. So the arms coming to opposite, or the hands coming to opposite shoulders, and breathe in, and breathe out. And as you give your body a hug, as you give yourself a hug, just remind yourself that your body is deserving of love and kindness. And take a breath in, and a breath out. remind yourself right now as you give yourself a hug that your body is good that your body is worthy and find gratitude that you took a few minutes to show up for your body to affirm it to thank it to move in it and then breathe in breathe out bring hands to your heart space in prayer Namaste, friends.